Welcome to the Mad Ones. I'm Jakob's greatest mistake, Cam Harless, and with me as always is your just learn how to make tortillas super white hostess, Miss Jessica Green. How are you doing, That's Jessica? Wildly accurate, actually. <laughs> like yeah. I've made tortillas <laughs> twice. <laughs> they were really good though. Yeah. Yeah, you I, I saw it. you, I saw you make them, and uh I'm I'm I guess we're slightly less white than you because we went to a place called Chewy's and we had them when they were made fresh. And so we started making our fresh tortillas like years ago because we oh, were okay. like, this is so much better. And so I was like, man, Jessica's so white. I'm um, that white person where I'm like, but my best friend is Mexican. So I haven't <laughs> had to make my own own, tor own tortillas to be fair. That's true. <laughs> well, you doing all right this week? Um, I'm tired but I'm making yeah. it. I, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm drinking garbage tonight. I saw these in the store today. Oh, that it's is garbage. hard Mountain Dew. And it... Wow. Mm. I didn't know you hated yourself this oh, much. How do you not know that? I mention I mean, it every chance I get. I, I, you know, I, I, I know that there's that underlying level of self-loathing, loathing, but yeah. I just... I don't know that anyone who wasn't on the verge of suicide would drink that. So um, well, we're going to talk about this after. The watermelon's pretty good. Um, okay. Baja Blast is garbage. And so I'm going to try to drink the other two flavors while we're on and let you know what's good and what's not. Okay. So Fair enough. All right. I'm looking forward so to this review. We should get into the show. Um, before we do that, I do want to let you guys know that this show is 100% brought to you by the fans and patrons. So hit like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. That's how we'll grow. If you share our show, more people will see us, more people will subscribe, more people will know who we are. And not just because I got a couple of journalists fired. Um, we've we've covered all sorts of topics. We have a lot of cool topics coming in the future. One that I haven't briefed Jessica on just yet that she will hear about at the end of the show. Um, so share those topics with people who might like them. We don't want to be a topic or guest-centric show. We want to be cool. We want you to like us. But... We do like talking about cool things. So try to we join us every time, cool. <laughs> regardless of the topic or the guest. Also, our Patreon is the best way to support us besides buying a t-shirt from the store. So if you'd like an occasional early episode, a Zoom hangout, and our eternal gratitude, please join us at patreon.com slash themadones. Also, we have a new patron this week. David, welcome, hey. buddy. I'm glad you're Thanks, here. David. And so, like I said, you could also grab a shirt or a mug over at wearethemadones.com slash store, and you can rep us wherever you are. All that's out of the way. You don't have to worry about hearing any of that until the very end in case people come in late. But you're, we're done with the, the ad stuff now. Um, but joining us tonight is an extremely interesting man. Uh, he's the bane of the racist gun control arguments, a snazzy dresser, a jazzy musician, and a good dude all around. I found out the other day that he was raised in the nation of Islam, and that's a conversation that I couldn't not have. So welcome to the show, Hex, a.k.a. Hexcelerate. What's shaking, buddy? I'm just here to school, you white devils. That's all. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> we need it. <laughs> like I said right before the show, like, you know, uh, Nation of Islam people, I've ne I didn't know that I'd met someone who had grown up in it. I've... The only people that I know of are like the famous ones. So, you know, Muhammad Ali, uh, Malcolm X, who left. And um, I think most deaf may be Nation of Islam now. I don't know what his new name is, though. Um, but that's interesting. We, we talked to a guy named uh, Ben 
not too long ago who grew up in a Mormon polygamist cult, which is also something you don't, you don't meet a lot of people who go through that. And so when I heard that, I was like, I'm sure you have some stories to tell, and I'm sure that people have some questions about the Nation of Islam, because I sure do, and I did not have time to Google all the things I wanted to Google before doing this interview. So not to put you too much on the spot here, but we have questions, and I hope you're willing to answer them. <laughs> I answer to the best of my ability. Um, <laughs> I get, like, I, It's not something I bring up all the time. Yeah, it's, it's something I want to put behind me. So there's a lot that well, I just let's, don't know. But again, yeah. I answer the best I can. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. It's all um, any of us can ever do. Right. Um, so let's 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 walk through that. So you were were your, were your parents Nation of Islam when you were born or were, was that something that y'all converted to later? Like, how did how did that occur? My great grandmother on my mother's side converted when she was alive at some point. Then wow. my grandmother was born into it. My mom and my aunts and uncles on that side were born into it. And then when she and my dad got together, my dad converted. And then me and two of my sisters were born into it. Mm -hmm. Are, wow. Is Nation of Islam different than just the Islamic religion? Um, Yeah, in, in a few ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, one of the one of the things that I did actually look into is that the guy who started the Nation of Islam's name was um, Wallace Farg Muhammad. Yes, and and he started it in Detroit. The story that I ga I gathered from this was that he was trying to sell scarves in Detroit in 1930, and people weren't buying his scarves. And then he started telling them about uh, their people back home and all of these these ideas and that's kind of how that got started and according up up until 19 the 1970s i think when farrakhan took over my understanding is that farrakhan kind of turned it more towards like sunni islam rather than the nation of islam had been and there's a lot of wild beliefs in there so um tell me what it's like growing up in there please <laughs> um okay so and my camera's already dead. Give me one second. Oh, no. This is what I was going to tell you before we started. Don't be surprised if this happens because I'm running the DSR. Oh, okay. I was okay. wondering. It, it's <laughs> kind of our fault we started the live feed right as he was trying to tell us that his camera might go out. So that's kind of on us. All right. Give me one second. Oh, sure. <laughs> and as we're um, waiting, guys, if you have questions for him in the chat, go ahead and type them. We might not get to them right this second, but we are collecting them and we will ask. So please feel yeah. free to just ask your little hearts away. And and if you have any questions about Jessica's whiteness, you can also ask those and we'll get yes. to them. I'm, and if I'll you want to question, if you want to question my blackness, <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. Um, Growing up in a nation of uh, Islam, uh, largely annoying because, you know, most kids don't really care about religion, right? And, you know, I just hated having been dragged to our local mosque all the time, you know? I, you know, I, you know, as a kid, I would rather just be at my grandmother's house watching cartoons or whatever. But right. again, what kid, what kid wouldn't prefer that? But, you know, as I got older, and started to understand the world more. I'm like, you know, I, I 
I do like a lot of the things they do. You know, they go into these like obviously black communities that are just horrible. They go in, they do whatever they do, whatever they can to lift the people up. I'm all for that. I love that. But well, so you can be pro black, but that doesn't mean you're anti white, and you can be pro white right. doesn't doesn't mean you're anti black or whatever. But right. I heard a lot of anti-white racism growing up in the nation. And as I got older, I'm like, I, this is not okay. I don't want anything to do with this. So, right. Can you give us an example of what that looks like? Cause I would, I would, I've seen, you know, I've heard white devil before. Um, I've heard whisperings of the story of Jacob, uh, but I don't, I don't know what that looks like because, you know, like I, you know, we grow up in a country that talks primarily about white racism. Uh, white right. people being racist against everyone so it's like you know that that difference of um, reality I think or at least experience is interesting so like what were the things that really put you off well you mentioned the big one white devil like that's one thing I'd never forget hearing this the white man is the <laughs> devil god I've heard that so many times it's burned into my brain uh you know and that it can range from that to like little things about like like this is something I've legit heard. Like white people are nasty because they get ticks or head lice or something like that. Yeah, I've heard do, that before. I mean, do black people not get ticks or head lice? Well, I've never had either. So <laughs> <laughs> I've never, I've never had head lice. I have had a tick though. So I don't know. Is that is that I something grew up that's poor, rare? In the... So I've had yeah. both. I don't know. I mean, it may, it may sound kind of innocuous, but. Like I say, it can range from something little like that to y'all to white people just being just evil. Right now, right. I'm, I'm, I, at this point, I'm just really curious if black people don't have issues with ticks or lice. I'm sure that like, that's as a whole, not the case. Though I mean, like you know, like like for instance, if I go out in the sun for three hours, I'm going to turn a bright sh shade of red and be in pain for a week. But if Hex does the same thing, he's not going to have the same experience I do. So who knows if ticks and lice are racist? I just, I, I'm curious. <laughs> now, that is something I have heard that um, black people generally don't have a problem with ticks or head and lice. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't know how people came to that conclusion, but. I've just never heard that before. Thank you for bringing that to my attention because it's like <laughs> there are these things that maybe they're just like old wives tales that are so fascinating to me. Like what? Um, so, yeah. So do you did they teach you the story of Jacob or how do you say that? Jacob, Jacob, how do you Jakub, say Jacob, Jacob, whatever. Yeah. Um, did they teach you that as you were growing up or was that something that wasn't prominent? I did hear a little bit of it growing up, but I did have guys, to kind of refresh. I did have, I'm going to be completely honest here. I did have to refresh my memory on that before okay. I came on. So, <laughs> but that did come up. Oh, yeah. Can y'all clue me in about Yakub? All right. So <laughs> uh, he's like the art. Uh, the long and short of the story is this uh, black man grew up like Middle East, like Horn of Africa, Middle Eastern area, known for an unusual, unusually large head and for apparently being arrogant. The story is he created white he created white people so he could uh so that they could oppress the original black man or something like that <laughs> so yeah so i very I, interesting I pulled, goal I, I i pulled it up because it's it's 
fast here's some so the in the episode art you'll see a cauldron with smoke coming out of it and a large headed black man on it that's yaku right. yaku that's okay. the the man who 6600 years ago in the at the island of patmos yeah. uh used a scientific method called grafting create white people um <laughs> and oh oh yeah. somebody accused me of um being grafted like two yep. days ago <laughs> and i had no idea what that meant oh my gosh now okay. you know now i know it's all coming together go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> um so yakub is said to have been born in mecca at a time when 30 percent of original black people were dissatisfied he was a member of the meccan branch of the tribe of shabazz Yakub required the nickname Big Head because of his unusually large head and his arrogance. At the age of six, he discovered the law of attraction and repulsion by playing with magnets made of steel. This wow. insight led to a plan to create new people. He saw an unlike human being made to attract others who could, with the knowledge of tricks and lies, rule the original black man. By the age of 18, he had exhausted all knowledge in the universities of Mecca. He then discovered that the original black man contained both a black germ and a brown germ with 59,999 followers. He went to an isle in the Aegean sea called Palan, which Muhammad identifies with Patmos. There he established a despotic regime and set about breeding out the black traits, killed all darker babies and created a brown race after 200 years. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just going to keep reading because yeah. this is Wait. crazy. It's a fucking bizarre story. I'll ask my question afterward. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Yakub died at the age of 152, but his followers carried on his work. After 600 years of this of the this deliberate delib deliberate eugenics, the white race was created. The brutal conditions of their creation determined the evil nature of the new race. By lying to the black mother of the baby, this lie was born into the very nature of the white baby, and murder for the black people was also born in them, or made by nature a liar and murderer. The, the new race traveled to Mecca where they caused so much trouble they were exiled to West Asia, Europe, and stripped of everything but the language. Once there, they were roped in to keep them out of paradise. The soldiers patrolled the border armed with swords to prevent the devils from crossing. For many centuries, they lived a barbaric life, surviving naked in caves and eating raw meat. But eventually they were drawn out of the, caves, of the caves by Moses, who taught them to wear clothes. Moses tried to civilize them, but eventually gave up and blew up 300 of the most troublesome of them with dynamite. However, they had learned to use tricknology, a plan to use their lack of empathy, emotion, and trickery to usurp power and enslave the black population, bringing the first slaves to America, according to the autobiography of Malcolm X. All the races other than the black race were byproducts of Yakub's work as the red, yellow, and brown races were created during the bleaching process. However, the black race included Asian peoples considered to be shared ancestors of the Moors. <laughs> Whites were defined as Europeans. Elijah Muhammad also asserted that some of the new white race tried to graft themselves back into the black nation, but they had nothing to go by. As a result, they became gorillas. A few were lucky enough to make a start and got as far as what you call the gorilla. In fact, all of the monkey family are from this 2,000-year history of the white race in Europe. <laughs> According to uh, Nation of Islam doctrine, Yaqub's progeny were destined to rule for 6,000 years before the original black peoples of the world regained dominance, a process that had begun in 1914. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, Mormons... 
take a back seat because if you're going to come up with an origin story and you don't go as ham as the nation of Islam, get out of here because you're not even trying. Second of all, second of all, so if you go to Yakub and you ask him, why did you do this? His answer would be magnets. Do I understand that part of the story correctly? Yes, yes. it seems to be the case. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure that I was picking up what you were putting down. Please continue. Oh my gosh. No, that's, that's, I, I, there, I don't need to read more than that. That's, that's whole, wonderful. That's the whole thing. Okay. Essentially. Yeah. There's, there's more to it, but it's like, that that's the main show. Right? Really? I would watch that. That's fascinating. Especially about how the monkeys came after the human being. <laughs> monkeys. We're going to get in so much trouble for laughing at this, aren't we? I hope so. <laughs> um, but no, what's funny is the fact that they try, like, it's, it's, also racist against black people because oh, they, the white people tried to become black again and instead became gorillas they like missed the mark and became gorillas and monkeys right it's a lot going on there what <laughs> so fucking goofy i'll so, allow to swear on here no you're okay, good so when you're i good. so when i was asking i i in my ignorance asking so is it different than muslim religion <laughs> you're like yeah a little bit <laughs> I didn't know. I just didn't know. I'm yeah. astonished. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so what's, the, what's the plan then? Were you were you taught this as a child or was this just something you kind of learned later? Like what how does the I don't want to say indoctrination, even though I don't think I think that word's misused a lot, but how did the teaching go? Regular people. Like how do regular people uh, this specific people... story or yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is kind of big, it seems, if uh, Elijah Muhammad was making up monkey stories with it. Because he followed up. Um also, wait, another thing I heard, which I think maybe uh Farrakhan has done away with, is that Elijah Muhammad essentially said that the founder, uh Fard. Farad Muhammad, yeah, um, was Allah in human form, and he came to Detroit to speak to Elijah Muhammad, who was the new prophet after um, Muhammad. Is what I read. I don't know if that's true, but yeah, I think Farrakhan did away with that. More than anything, I'd like to know. I guess, like, do regular people internalize this, or is this just something that kind of nobody really talks about? Well, they call us white devils. Sure. Uh, yeah, but calling someone a white devil, I mean, frankly, I mean, you could I could understand. I could I could get <laughs> why someone might refer to white people as devils. I could maybe understand that. The rest of the story, I would like to know, you know, just the regular family living in suburban America, do you I mean, I would think that in order to get people to sign on for this, you couldn't tell a lot of people that story. Yeah, that's definitely something that came in later. Right, okay. right. Right. I so, would think. You know. Well, that, that makes me think of Scientology because Scientology woos you in with these classes to become a better person, to become a great actor, become, you know, whatever, right. to clear your thetan, your body thetans or whatever. And it's not until like you start, you've paid like a million dollars to them that they start telling you about Lord Zenu. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it, that's, that's part, that's one way that some cults do it yeah you know i mean I, I i would say that uh nation of islam operates similarly you know they get people in like um 
No, they want to get like black people in America to a better spot than where a lot of them are, which again, I don't have a problem with that. I'm all for that. Right. But is it predatory? Say what? But is it predatory? Are they doing it for the right reasons? Are they doing it just to hook the people in? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Okay. To be honest with you. I think, you know, they are actually out to do some good, but it's, I guess it's at one the, of those at ahead, the expense of at the expense of like calling people like you all white devils or whatever right. and keeping like a racial divide going. At least that's my personal opinion. Sure, sure. So, so go ahead. I, I have a question too, but you go ahead first. No, I was just gonna say, so what is the overall plan within the nation of Islam? Is it is it six thousand years from nineteen thirteen that things are gonna change? Like what's the what's the goal? Because I know that you know, if you ask me what's the goal of Christianity, I'm like, well, the resurrection of all at the end. Like, I can tell you that. Is there some kind of ultimate plan or hope within Nation of Islam? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> I like I like asking those. <laughs> no, I, I think a part of it does kind of line up with like more traditional Islam. Okay. Where it's kind of similar to Christianity, but there's also the whole, I guess, black people rule again. I don't know. Okay. All right. Do we do we do we return to Africa, or you know, do we take over America, or do they? Because I'm not in it anymore. I don't know. So, because as Cam was reading this story, that was kind of in my mind too. Like, okay, so now what? Like, what do we do with all of this? Like, is there? Sort of like a, a, a impetus or a, um, a raison d'etre, a, a reason for being. Or is it just, you know, hey, white people suck. So that's it. Like, I don't know. It just seems like there ought to be a goal, maybe. Or maybe that's my, you know. They culture. probably did have. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I think at, uh, at one point there was okay, a okay. legit goal. And there might still be, but. You know, fucking David infiltrated by COINTELPRO, so yeah, yeah. Um, Wait, can, can yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, all right. Um, well, one of the things that's interesting is that um, Master Farad Muhammad allegedly. Well, first off, he wasn't black. He's Turkish, he, if I remember he was right. Tur- he he was yeah he was uh, Middle Eastern for sure, um, but he according to the nation of islam um he just disappeared he didn't die no one knows where he died he disappeared and so that's why some people have said that he was allah the god of islam it was because he was here and he was gone and no one knows where he went he just disappeared from the public record and that's so one wild thing I, one thing i do like explicitly remember here and growing up in the nation was this thing about these quote-unquote mother planes which are basically aliens more or less and the going theory is that he's alive and well on one of those planes and apparently so is elijah muhammad so uh planes as in like let's say dimensions or as in other planets kind of deal flying saucers basically okay so 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 essentially physical yeah okay I got gotcha, you. That kind of plane. Okay. Because in my mind, I'm I'm thinking about like dimensions and stuff. Because I one time when I was working at a company where I was selling people like encrypted email and ways to make their life better on computers, I ended up speaking to a guy named Wiley 
Wiley Brooks, who claimed to be a breatharian. And so he says he didn't eat meat. He didn't eat anything. All he ate was um, food from he breathed yeah. and food from the fifth dimension. Which I don't was? know if you I don't know if you know what fifth dimensional food looks like, but you can get it at, at McDonald's if you order a double quarter pounder with cheese and a diet coke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's on their website. That's the best part. Like it's really on there. They really feel like, hey, we survive on nothing but air and fifth dimension food. And you're like, that's wild. That fifth dimension food is Big Macs and Diet Coke. And yeah, you're so like, you, oh, you're straight up crazy. Cool. I yeah, imagine so have, these people aren't particularly fit either. No. no. <laughs> Dude, this dude's skinnier in a rail. And if you go to his website, he he talks about all of the people that he was in past lives. And he was a lot of contemporaries. So he wasn't just Jesus of Nazareth. He was also John the Baptist. At, At the, the same, same time? time. All right. Who I mean, it, I it's just <laughs> acid is a hell of a drug. Right. <laughs> well, I think I think the the alien theory is really interesting um, because that seems to be one of those ways, especially within. So, you know, two hundred years ago, if you're creating a new religion, it's um, some take on Jesus or Muhammad or something like that. Purely, right? Let's take Christianity. Let's change it so that it's effectively a completely different thing, but still call ourselves that um, and lead people in this direction, which, you know, as Christians would say, away from Christianity, away from God. Hey, but, Arius, we're talking about you. <laughs> but we're looking, but if you look at the last uh, little bit, a lot of the ones that have gotten bigger have alien connections. So there's Nation of Islam, and there's also what was the other one? Oh, Scientology has alien yeah. connections. There's a lot when the modern world, when religion started being thought up in the 20th century, aliens became a part of it. And I find that absolutely fascinating because I think it really shows the progression of the human mind and how um, when they're creating these religions, they try to use things that um appeal to the zeitgeist so uh you know there are people out there who believe in aliens or alien seed theory and you know they're they they tell you they were an atheist all day long but they believe in this alien seed theory because it goes along with science and so it's just interesting how these movements progress in time to meet the current understanding of the world right random rant sorry just something Not I thought of. <laughs> that is interesting, though. <laughs> so uh, I, I do have a question, though. <clears throat> I know it. that okay. um, a friend of mine has told me that when you walk away from Islam, there's no changing religions. You're an apostate. It's an anathema. And some people will be violent to you as a result. You are a man who came into this as a child and then has left as an adult, I assume. I got out when I was 16. 16? Okay. And did did they make that difficult on you? Or is it something that, like, you had the free choice to come and go as you pleased? Like, what was the effect on your life of, of leaving? Yeah. Um, no, that no one, was, no one was, like, nasty to me or anything after that. Like, my dad would... My dad, I guess both my parents, of course, didn't care for my decision, really. But they kind of sure. have to respect it. You know, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and every once in a while, I would see someone 
someone I knew who attended our, our local mosque and they would be like, hey, we need you to come back because you got younger people here or whatever. But no, mm-hmm. it was it was never like, no, fuck you, you're go to hell. It was never uh, any of that. That's good. That's good. And so like within your family and your community, you were still able to like see your parents, see your family, all that yeah. stuff. That's yep. good. Because I will say for the the Mormons, although they need to get on the ball as far as their story writing goes. Um, <laughs> when their kids leave, they don't get to see their brothers and sisters. They don't get to see their parents. Like it is extreme cut off. Like you're out in the world naked and you have intentionally been kept from understanding the world. So it's like you're being thrown to the wolves. And, right. you know, so I, yeah, that was a question. So when somebody leaves a, a religion or a construct like that, I'm always curious how what what kind of like experience did you have afterward and were you integrated enough into the secular world to uh you know a- adapt really well yeah i think so okay so yeah it w- so it wouldn't have been as hardcore as anything like uh lds or anything like that right yeah like and that was kind of one of the reasons i left because you know i'm in high school now and i'm talking to not just black people white people asians hispanics and then also, at this time, I'm starting to really get into social media and the internet, and I'm now, and at that point, I'm talking to people all over the world, and it's like, no, I don't feel like white people are out to keep, keep you down. Some might be, but yep. vast majority, not really. Well, that, and I'm not gonna lie, white women are pretty good looking things. All women have that. I'm an individualist in that way. If you're good looking, you're good looking, regardless of any of that. All I'm saying, Cam's literally just telling us. Hot. He's just telling us his sexual preferences right My now. Life That's is hot. Yeah, right? you know what? I understand. I understand why not. Why I wouldn't want to call her a white devil. <laughs> I get. I she is a white devil, absolutely. <laughs> but she's hot, so it's all good. <laughs> a lot of things going on right now. Sorry, I've had two um, hard Mountain Dews, and so I'm having a fun time. It's on Which- to the third. Which flavor are you on now? Gryffindor? What are you doing? Mountain Dew. It's just Mountain Dew flavor? Yeah, this one's just Mountain Dew. I had Baja Blast. I had watermelon. That's lazy. Now I'm moving on to regular Mountain Dew. Just a lot of lazy writing. Yeah. It's almost like uh, uh, Master Fahar Muhammad made these. Why can't you drink beer like a man? I just, excuse me, miss. (laughs) Have you seen my shelf of bourbon? I think I've proven myself. Yeah, but you're holding that Mountain Dew. Yeah, no, bourbon is a a fine drink, but uh, you're holding that. And because I'm like, that looks weird and gross, and I have this thing about me that's like, if it's weird and gross but somewhat palatable, I'm going to try it. Okay. That's just me. I do it with everything. Um, But let's move back to the the thing. Sure, sorry. We're getting getting sidetracked. So let me ask. You so you lived in a quasi-Muslim world. Uh, did that mean that you followed the um, Muslim dietary restrictions? Like, did you yep. did you worry about haram and halal? Yeah, like no pork. Like to this day, I still won't eat pork because of grown up Muslim. Sure. Because my parents, uh, well, of course, a pork is prohibited in islam and b my parents hammered that in my head so hard that's just a habit that i'm not going to kick but i do like to drink (laughs) Uh, (laughs) all i'm saying 
is that if I ever get a chance to make a pork butt pulled pork sandwich and you don't eat it, I'll be sad on the inside because I can cook that shit good. I think it's really fascinating that the culinary aspect is what like really took. And that's fascinating to me because I think that like uh, food really does connect us. And like when you smell something that your grandmother used to make, for example, that like instantly takes you back to a different place in a different time. And so, you know, despite you know, leaving behind the theology, leaving behind the um, that the, the ideas, the culinary stuff, that's unshakable. And I find that really cool. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think that the Nation of Islam was also good on was like health as far as like eating goes. They were really big mm-hmm. into that. Like basically the idea of intermittent fasting where you mm-hmm. only eat once a day. Mm-hmm. I, I learned that in the Nation of Islam. Yeah. I, 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 um, that's not different necessarily than like Orthodox fasting that we have, you know, maybe a, a half to a third of our year where we're, you know, eating very little. We don't eat meat. Um, that doesn't mean that we're not meat eaters or that like, you know, when we can, I get on that bacon as much as I can. <laughs> but, right. <laughs> I do think that there is, um, a, a healthful quality to self-denial. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me ask. So one of the things that's really interesting about um, Judaism, Israel, Israel, why did I say it like that? Israel um, is, you know, their their dietary laws um, include one that is um, so there's this there's this verse that says that you should not uh, cook a um, a baby goat in its mother's milk. And for millennia, it seemed like they didn't know what this was really, what this law was about. Like you can understand the law against pork, especially in that time when they didn't have really good um, refrigeration, refrigeration, preserving, because there's a lot of bugs and stuff that you can eat in pork and it, it parasites that hurt you. But over the years, this came out in like the different, I don't know if it was the Midrash or if it was the, um, what's the other thing? I don't know. But they had essentially decided that what this meant was that if you put, um, if you mixed dairy and meat, that that was something you couldn't do. Yeah. And uh, they had kind. Of, a lot of people had had talked about it in the commentaries about how this was because you don't mix life and death, so milk being life, meat being death, and so that was this understanding for millennia. And then if you if you look. At um, what there were some archaeologists actually went into the um, kind of the Sumerian region, the Mesopotamia, and they found records of this um, boiling a, ki- a kid in his uh, kid baby goat in its mother's milk was a part of um, a pagan ritual. It was a part of a sacrificial rite ah. within a pagan religion. And so that was, and then, so people have talked about this since maybe what this was, it wasn't cheeseburgers. It was in fact, trying to steer clear of other gods, false gods. Ah, That makes sense. That makes sense. Right. And so it's, it's very fascinating to look at this and kind of flesh out history and see where humans kind of take this stuff. All of that to say, I find that a fascinating anecdote, but do they have the same rules within Islam and within um, the nation of Islam? No, Islam, they don't go that far. So you can have cheeseburgers. Yeah, pretty much. 
Good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just I'm... no pork. Basically, no pork, no alcohol. Even though, like I said, I do drink. Right. But <laughs> I know a lot of Muslims who do actually, which is interesting, um, because you know human beings like the creature. Um, but it, uh, to add on to the story that Cam just told, there's a community in, um, it's one of the Asian countries, I can't remember, I want to say Laos, where uh, some of the group that live there are believed to have come from Israelites who during the diaspora had moved there. And they have a pork dish that they add ashes to. And it is a tradition within Hebrew culture to rub ashes on yourself as a penitential aspect. I'm not exactly sure how that works, but there is the ash rubbing aspect. So the adding of the ashes to this pork dish is a way of acknowledging that it's a, a meal of shame. And so these Laotians who were, um, and forgive me if I've gotten the country wrong, please tell me the right country if you know it, um, but they add the ashes to the pork in order to acknowledge that, you know, this is a, a a meal of shame. Yeah. Okay. So you, you mentioned the ashes. Um, one of the old, um, and it's something that people still do to this day, um, do in, in their sorrow is they would wear sackcloth. So just mm -hmm. think like mm -hmm. potato sacks, essentially. And they would tear their clothes and they would rub ashes on their head. And I mm -hmm. think that I, I don't, I can't say this in particular. I haven't studied this exactly but what i would say is it does uh conjure up the image of the first man being made from dust and his returning to dust and so it's ah. that remembrance of death i think um so th that's what i would throw in there as a possibility the, the way that the culinary aspects are mixed with the spiritual aspects are really fascinating to me if anybody well, yeah. knows of like really good books on this topic please let me know because i want to I delve into this because this is so fascinating to me. So when you were growing up, did you have a nation of Islam heroes or were you always just kind of like, this is kind of dumb because it seems That's like you kind of didn't like it. Yeah. Like I said, I, when I was growing up, especially when I was way younger, I didn't care. I didn't, I didn't like going to the mosque sure, at sure. all really. And if so I did, they... it's because, and, and the only reason I even did is because I had friends growing up that I was really cool with that I liked seeing. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if I got to see them, then that made it worth it. Did the, did the mosques, were they just modern buildings or were they kind of made after the other moths, the way other no, mosques? No, they're basically built? just like modern buildings. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, you know, they just uh, fix up the interior to how they would like. And yeah. All right. So one of the things I mentioned, and I said, I wouldn't ask you the question because you didn't you didn't know off the top of your head, but I have some thoughts now that we've talked a little bit um, is recent, not recently, I guess last year we talked to Hotep Jesus on the show and he's a part of that Hotep movement, which is th these are essentially um, black people who identify with these Egyptian ideas. And um, when know, I, I like had asked, what was like that? A lot. I like the Hotep. A, a lot of them are, a lot of them are super cool. Um, but one of the questions that I asked him um, was how they got along with the black Hebrew Israelites. Because from a white person perspective, these are very similar concepts. They come from the same part of the world. They're claiming uh, to be something from a specific part of the world, a specific part of history, etc. And he looked at me like I was stupid 
Um, and you know what? I kind of was. I, I should have known that there was animosity between the Egyptians and the Israelites because there is in the Bible, right? Yeah. Right. I should have thought pyramid, of that. It was a huge thing. Right, Enslavement, but, pyramids, you know. <laughs> right. But, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of it in terms of because they, they talk about how pro-black they are, that I would have thought there was some sort of leeway between these groups. Like, because they are they are black, they may have some different idea, but they're, they're not, you know, they don't have running beef. But I was way wrong about that. And so I had asked you if you thought that um, the Nation of Islam would have the same sort of beef with the Hoteps or with the black Hebrew Israelites that uh, existed within that framework. And as I, I was re as I was reading... I noticed that he had uh, that they had one of the teachings. Um, one of the teachings was about how the the grafting happened. They became white, and then they enslaved the people, uh, the black people, and sent them, you know, to America and other places. Right, mm -hmm. right. Which the idea within the kind of the Hotep movement is that the the black people didn't start as slaves; that they were here first, and that kind of goes against the common ideas of slavery in America and slavery in the world. And so I do think, even though it may not be out there, but um, I do think there's going to be beef there. If you ever, if you were like an adherent, I think there'd be some sort of beef there because of that. I, I yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I guess the reason I'm kind of lost on this particular point is because I did, I never, heard anything about the black Hebrew Israelites growing up to be right. honest like that for me that's like a new newer thing to me you can drive down the road in my town and drive past them um and they'll be at uh you know different ends of streets at stop signs and they'll uh, it's so funny because you'll be driving everyone will go to the same stop sign and stop but every black and I noticed this when I was there because you know I was just kind of seeing who they were and like looking at what was going on wondering are they going to talk to me what's going to happen the two cars in front of us were black people and they stopped at the stop sign they talked to them and gave them a tract and all of this and then i got up there and they stayed on their side of the road they didn't talk to us they didn't say anything to us we kept going people behind us were also black they came up to their <clears throat> window and i was like okay that's fascinating i mean i understand it i get it but still like I didn't know what I was going to see. And that was so interesting to me. Yeah. Did you feel I have left her, out? Like... <laughs> 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 I believe the Lord left me out when he made my skin this pasty white. That's right. Yeah, he did. <laughs> no, I have heard people say that. Like, if you think like the nation of Islam is like a extreme pro-black separatist movement, then the black, black uh, Hebrew Israelites are like 10 times that. And yeah. mm -hmm. that would make sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were some cool people in the Nation of Islam. Like like I said, Muhammad Ali was Nation of Islam. Before he joined, he was uh, Cassius Clay, and yep. he, he had a name change. Um, <laughs> I forget what um, most Def's name changed to. I think it was Yusuf something. Um, but, you know, most Def became Nation of Islam. And Malcolm X, who is the other side, the other side of the coin of Martin Luther King, was Nation of Islam till he wasn't. Um, when you were leaving and when you started looking into this and kind of disagreeing with certain parts, was Ma Malcolm X and what he decided any part of your decision? 
yes uh no it's funny because i think about malcolm x's life and i'm see i see a few parallels between his life and mine like mm. so in we islam we both look I, badass in gun pictures i appreciate that um <laughs> No, so in, one of the tenets of Islam is at some point before you die, you have to make a pilgrimage to Mecca in Saudi Arabia. And he went, this is after he left the Nation of Islam. And what he noticed was there were people from all over the world there. Right. White people, white people, Asians, like everyone. So then that's when his views on race started to change. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and you know, even though I didn't go to Mecca myself, you know, talking to like, like I said, high school, my high school is a bit more diverse than my middle school. And then also being on the internet and talking to all kinds of people. Yeah. Right. You, you just, in my opinion, you just got to look at people as people. Like there are a lot of great black people, but there are also a lot of shitty black people. And that's, that rule applies to white people, Hispanics, Asians, Arabs, whoever. Individualism, right. man. Exactly. You look at the person and you decide whether or not you want to be around them. <laughs> yeah, you know? like, pretty much. Kind of kills me about like um people who say you have to actively fight racism. The thing that fights racism is literally just talking to other people. Exactly. You have to right. start having conversations. There's no need to fight. In fact, fighting is the problem. So yeah. try a little peace. You know. Yeah, like right. just have an honest conversation like we are. Right. Absolutely. Our, so the the that being laps- said though. I, I do, I do want to say, though, that being yeah. said, uh, I guess one, when Malcolm was still in the nation, I guess one of his big things is, OK, white people, if you don't like us, we'll stay over here and we'll do our own thing. I'm not opposed to that either. Right. You know, me being more libertarian minded, I'm all about voluntary interactions between people. So, sure. If you're someone yeah. who wants who prefers to interact with people of your own race, more power to you. Right. My myself i'll interact with whoever like i said are you a good person or or are you a piece of shit is all i care about <laughs> right yeah. yeah it's a fine requirement just don't be a piece of shit <laughs> and i feel like we could get along probably <laughs> um one of the things that if i'm remembering correctly i believe that hoteps are black nationalists like nation of islam like um, the black Hebrew Israelites, but I'm pretty sure the Hoteps are black separatists as well. Is Nation of Islam primarily separatist, or do they want to kind of enter? Because I mean, you see Farrakhan on, on stuff. You see him talk to to people who are not black. Is this is it more of like an integration and takeover situation, or is is it a separate situation? I still view view them as more separatists. Like okay. they do acknowledge like there are like. Latinos, for example, uh, I used to always hear him acknowledge any Latinos or anyone else of a different race who are in the nation. But I think it's still very much a separatist movement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that <clears throat> if people want to have their own separate communities, that they should be absolutely free to do that. There were um, some people who went off and started their own um, like black only community. And I want to say it was in Arizona somewhere and a lot of people were really upset by that idea and i was kind of like you know i think that the problem that we're having here is the idea that we're you're not allowed in and you think that you should be allowed in everywhere you know but as a woman i want there to be women's only spaces i want there to be places where men cannot go for example a locker room a gym you know there are women but they're trying to (laughs) fucking establishment and 
their right. cronies are trying to take that away. So the idea that that, you know, just taking America, for example, that you have 350 million of us roughly walking around, that we're all going to be the same. We're all happy together and we should all just be crammed into the, the same culture. And that's definitely going to work. Well, it's not, is it? Our society no. is like collapsing because you're trying to force 350 million discrete individuals into the same box. And yeah. we're going to tear each other apart if we do that. As opposed to you have your Cuban community over here. You have your Laotian community over here. And you know what? Every once in a while, we all get together and eat. It sounds like a much better idea than trying to force us all to be, you know, gap jeans wearing, you know, potato eaters. I just don't see how that's going to work out. Potatoes are delicious. <laughs> just meaning like conforming to like the like traditional American culture. No, I'm, you know, like, I know. I'm just I'm right. Just right. Um, I, but no, I think that's I meant what's to say interesting. French fry eater would be more accurate. <laughs> I thought you were taking a dig at the Irish, and I was fine. No, I, I'm I'm totally Irish. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think I meant more accurately French fry eater. That we're all going to wear right. blue jeans and eat French fries, and we're all going to be happy oh. like that. No, freedom fries. Um, but um, one of the things that I find interesting, and I think that this is why so many people are angry when there are black only spaces or women only spaces um i think maybe why white men get a little up in their craw and white women do as well in different areas is because you know we all want our own spaces in some way like the like a men's only space is a really cool thing at times mm -hmm. you know but over the past what 100 200 years that's been invaded by women and mm -hmm. so it's like when you see women wanting women's only spaces, not you, but like people who want these women's only spaces, but also want to inhabit the men's spaces. I understand why there's some frustration with that hypocrisy. Um, sure. yeah. I don't care, though. Just do what you want. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll start my own club with blackjack and hookers. Exactly. I will say as far as the men's clubs go, I, I think it's been a great detriment to our culture to get rid of men's only spaces because then you don't have a place where men can just be men. And so they're just being men out in the world and we're going, no, 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 don't be like that. And yeah. so you're literally saying men can't be men because well, it's not conducive to society. It's like, well, toxic they used to have toxic masculinity. So they used to have a lodge. You used to be able to go to the lodge and drink with boys and get all your stupid, you know, sexist jokes out with the boys. And then you could come home and, and, and be with your family. There, there was a separation of the spaces here. And now yeah. we're all mixing it together. Your wife doesn't want to hear your sexist jokes. Go to the lodge. Bring back the men's clubs. That's what I say. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. Well, and I don't know if you know this. Do you know what the last big men's club that was made for drinking and carousing and being men together was called when it came out, when people found out about it? The VFW? No, the, the Proud Boys. Oh. <laughs> uh -huh. it, it was literally a men's drinking club, and they became f fascists. They became all of the things that the left hated and it's it and what's hilarious about it is the name of the club comes from a line in a song from the musical aladdin so they're gay too <laughs> hold up back up let's uh let's 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 back up just a little bit to aladdin 
Yes. Yeah. I don't. Okay, well, let me let me actually Google the line. Um, but yeah. So you know, uh, what's his name? Um, Gavin McInnes started okay. the Proud Boys. Um, and you know they call it a hate group now. Um, but uh, Proud Boys founder G- Gavin McInnes said inspiration for the group's name came from "Proud of Your Boy," a song from the stage musical Aladdin. Oh, okay, not the movie. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I said I said a musical. Sorry, um, sorry. But yeah, the movie so, is a musical too. So yeah, but it's animated. So when I say musical, I mean like yeah, Tonys and garbage yeah. like that. So yeah, it comes from a Latin Aladdin musical song's name, and they are considered a hate group and the worst white nationalists in the country. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. This this is. Um, exactly the kind of thing I'm talking about is when like men try to get together to be men. It's like an anathema. Like, oh my god, can you believe that they're being men? And you're like, right. yeah. And you're not giving them any place to do that. So it's gonna like leak out all over into the rest of society. And frankly, as a woman, I'm tired of it. I really wish y'all would go off and have your own little club. Yeah, leave me out of it, please. Leave I'm not interested in being I've a proud boy. But so many balls. <laughs> everywhere can't get away from them (laughs) oh man so wow nation of islam is a very interesting little sect because like we talked about um it definitely started in a a weirder way and then farrakhan tried to make it a little bit more sunni muslim and i think that most likely that's what uh that conversation with fair of that farrakhan was having affected um, what's his name? Uh, Malcolm X, which made him go on a pilgrimage after getting out of the nation of Islam and destroying that whole worldview. So it is it is an interesting thing that it it, it, it would you say that it's an almost self-destructive ideology or do you think that it has legs and will last? Oh, that reminded me of my I, question. Mm. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Okay. All right. Let's get Cam's question out of the way. You know, I do think about that often, like. I left, but I do often think maybe do they have points here or there? Maybe, but right. I do think it is a self-destructive ideology. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, that parlays into my question, which I forgot and he reminded me of, thankfully. Um, do you think that overall, because it is something that uplifts people, that it's better for it to exist than to not exist? In some regards, yes. And for example, like before my dad got into it, he was while just out in the streets and this is obviously before i was even alive but you know just <laughs> out in the streets doing whatever and mm-hmm. argue arguably had it not been for the nation he probably wouldn't be alive and then neither would i so oh wow i give him props okay. there yeah yeah so in, in that in that way things are everything is a trade-off in this world and yeah. there is you know you you do take the good with the bad because you can't have it any other way. That's just not the nature of life on Earth. Because um, I was, I, I noticed when I did my cursory Googling of this topic 10 minutes before we got on, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I noticed that <laughs> this other week. This, it has. I've been making so many tortillas. But anyway, um, <laughs> the Nation of Islam is listed as a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center. Hmm. And when you click on the Nation of Islam uh, section, the reason that they're listed as a hate group is anti-Semitism. So it's not 
the anti-white because necessarily. yeah right yeah yeah exactly farrakhan he said i've i've heard farrakhan say some shit about jews Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. is it it's as weird. bad can, as you can, the shit about you can whites? Say, say what? Yeah. Is it, is it... <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you know, you can talk shit about white people all day long, and right, they're no, not listed no as a hate group. About... Right, but you know, <laughs> say something about the Jews. No, 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 no. Oh no, no, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> weird, weird distinction. Yeah, I was. I, I thought that that was interesting because um, when you look at the Wikipedia for Nation of Islam, one of the first things it talk talks about is uh, the the wiping out of the white race. Did they use the term wiping out? Yeah, they did. The wiping out Walter of the, Skelter, the, the dude. white the white race. Uh, yeah, that's what. Um, what's his crazy face? Manson. Manson. That was his whole yeah, shit. Crosman, Helter Skelter, right, yeah. right. So that seems to the, the wiping out of the white race seems to be a much higher on the list tenant than the anti-Semitism. But it's the anti-Semitism that the Southern Poverty Law Center kind of like gravitates on. And interestingly enough, there's a bunch of these dudes like in my area. So um, what, I Nation have. Of guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Nation oh, of Georgia. Islam guys. I've had um, encounters. I used to live in downtown Atlanta um, for most of my adult life. I lived in downtown Atlanta. And so when you would be on the public transit, there would be a lot of guys who would be like handing out material and oh, like um, final calls and bean pies and incense or whatever. Yeah. All, yeah. There's all of that. Cause there's like, there'll be a little stand and they'll have like, um, what's the, I, I know the word. Hold on. It's like the shirt. There's a shirt that's got daishiki? like the pattern on it. Daishiki, yeah. So there's daishikis, there's incense, they're handing out information. And um, most of them are super mean because <laughs> I'm white and I get it. Most of them are really mean. But I did encounter a guy one time who was willing to talk to me. And this was only maybe because it was like two in the morning. <laughs> we were all hammered. We were coming home from a concert and I was talking to him. So he kind of decided to respond to me. And so it was white people, white people, white people. And I was like, hey, man. When you say white people, do you mean the government? And he said, yes. And I was like, oh, I get it. Okay, continue. Like I could frame it in my mind. But it doesn't seem like it, he did, did mean the government. It just seemed like he was being polite. And Probably now look, looking back at the situation, I kind of like appreciate him trying to be polite because none of the other Nation of Islam adherents I had run into on the MARTA bothered with that. <laughs> like... I would I'd like to, to the point where I was just like walking home from work or whatever. And some people would scream some shit at me. I was like, did that guy just call me a devil? Like <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm kind of I a mean, bitch, I but <laughs> a little, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And no government corruption and stuff is something else. The nation of Islam, I got to give them props for because they are good on that. But mm-hmm. you know, okay. but then Farrakhan gets on camera and basically disparages the second amendment he recently did and it's like you go you're going around telling basically acting like the clan are still riding around on horseback burning crosses in people's lawns but right you argue you argue against private firearm ownership what and some of that yeah. white firearm ownership um that fight against it or black firearm ownership um gun control was based out of people in the nation of Islam who carried guns and black Panthers who carried guns. Like this is right. Right. This is a common narrative. Like, you yeah, know, all this was the profoundness of it. There's mm-hmm. that picture of him with the gun. Yep. Yeah. A very famous photograph. I'm telling you, you just, you just need to recreate that photo 
and make it your profile. I want to actually. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta. Well, if you're um, ever in Atlanta, let me know. I do a little, do a little shooting. All right, I'm down with the camera. <laughs> I mean, sure. If you want to go to a range after or before, uh, yeah, I'm cool with that too. Georgia Gun Club, <laughs> they have ladies' night, so <laughs> that's a I, man's I only a, space. I'm I, I I keep trying to get some of my girlfriends to go to this Georgia Gun Club ladies group, and they're just like, I don't know, I've never shot a gun before, and I'm like, what are you gonna do? Wait, when the, the rapists come? The Georgia Gun Club or the Governor's Gun Club? No, no, the the, the Georgia Gun Club. Because um, in in uh, West, yeah, West Atlanta, there's the uh, Governor's Gun Club, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know, I, I we lived there, and I was like, I want to go, I want to see what what guns the governor has. <laughs> I just, <laughs> right. I, I feel on some level, I'm I'm constantly trying to get guns into the hands of women, and so I understand that like impetus of like get guns in the hands of my people so they we are not victims you know like I, right. that is a, a huge uh step up in the leveling the playing field of the world you know yeah. and so constantly i am just like girl let's go shoot and it's always like oh i don't know no come on girl <laughs> let's go shoot i i have to ask you hex okay did you Lord. give pp steve aka colonel angus an inward card. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that use. I thought it was funny though. <laughs> I did think it was funny, so I don't know. But to be honest, that word doesn't really right me. me personally. Well, me personally, but you know. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I I spent a lot of time. You know, I grew up in Alabama, so I my some of my first friends were black kids. I I went on tour with a black dude who made me use the word because he thought it was stupid that I was scared of it. Um, or it so was funny those... to watch you squirm. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was, it was like a life lesson for me. Like it really was. Um, but um, most of the people that I've known who I've talked to of the black persuasion don't care as long as you're being friendly and you're yeah, using context it in the is, right way. Yeah. Context is important. People, a lot of people like to just, pretend the context isn't there or or that yeah. it doesn't matter and that you can't right. say say it do you remember stupid do you remember when joe rogan got in trouble for saying the n-word i was on just the podcast? thinking i was just thinking of that too i was literally just thinking of that um there was a um uh, the people who ran that smear campaign was a come uh like an uh, a political action committee called midas touch yes and Midas Touch uh, went on and they were they were talking about how there's never a context for it. You should never say that. And it was hilarious because Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports had the three brothers who started Midas Touch on his program. And he and Dave Portnoy kind of stops the middle of the conversation. He goes, um, I have screenshots from one of your fiancés that show you using the word in a conversation over text. Is that context okay? Uh, Got him. Completely <laughs> called them out in the most wonderful way. Because it's just these white people. Because these weren't black dudes. These weren't... I figured they were white people. White they dude. They would have to be. Come on. Right. Just, just hearing that story without any other context, you know they're white people. Joe Biden had the same thing. Um, they pulled up a video of him from the 80s or the early 90s where he's using the word a couple times yep. in a row. Hard R. Hard R. 
Right. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, no, you got to understand the context. And I'm like, up, 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 up. But y'all went after Joe matter. Rogan. Yeah, right. And so, you know, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. It's it's not like I don't understand that there's context. Of course there's context, but you don't get to use it. You don't right. get it. Must slap it out of your hand. Try again. <laughs> so let's go through some of the questions that have popped up throughout <clears throat> this conversation so far. Uh, Colonel Angus asks, did Hex ever hear Farrakhan speak? I've actually seen him in person. in person. Okay. Oh, wow. I have, because uh, he's based in Chicago, and I've been to Chicago a few times during, so Nation of Islam, they have their own holiday called Savior's Day. And I think it's, okay. if I remember right, uh, it's in February, and if I remember, it has something to do, to do with basically the birth of God or something like that, if I remember oh, right. Okay, and, you know, every Savior's Day is a holiday of, of the nation of Islam commemorate, commemorating the birth of its founder, Master Wallace Farud Muhammad, officially stated to be February 26th, 1877. Wow. Wow. This has yep. been going on for a long time. Yep. So every February, they'll they'll put on a bunch of stuff in uh, Chicago and members from around the country and even like worldwide will come in and do whatever. So yeah. I've been to Chicago a few times and have seen them speak in person. Interesting. Okay. Um, so have I do you, want. Go ahead. Have you ever have you ever met him? No. No. Okay. Okay. I'm have sure he's ever... a hard guy to get close to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would assume so. Um, so another thing I just want to point out, uh, Makabe Designs said, hey, it's the Macabre Hammer. Don't know if oh, you know. I know who she is. Uh, she's cool. one of my Twitter mutuals. Sweet. What's up? Um, let's see. Yeah, MB says that you need better lighting and to fix the camera so you can actually see it. <laughs> I I don't know. You you have a whole like noir thing going on with it. I actually it wasn't it's intentional. Like, it was just dramatic. I didn't feel, I didn't feel like moving my light, so I was just like, <laughs> okay. okay. Well, I finally lightened up my background just a little bit to get out of the. Oh, you're just a in the darkness cam are you a are you a goth back there cam etc um <laughs> i like your lighting see. i think it's cool okay so uh Makabeta designs asks aside from farrakhan's ranting is there really a thing about jews being ultra devils or something yeah pretty much like i guess and it, this isn't exclusive to the nation of islam i've heard this elsewhere about sure yeah how, you know too. there are a bunch of jews running the world and whatever I did hear a lot of that in the nation too. Huh. I'm the only one. Who, I, I sometimes, well, I mean, obviously, I'm not the only one. But sometimes online, you feel like you're the only person who isn't anti-Semitic. <laughs> like it could, it could feel that way because there's so many anti-Semites on Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So Quest asks, um, how does the lice thing square with sickle cell anemia? I don't know. I don't think that's true, to be honest. But I I don't know. That's just something I heard. Never oh, let me, do. Jessica, Google it. Okay. Find out for us about lice so and ticks. You want me? What What you want me to do is to type into my Google search bar: Do black people get lice? <laughs> yes. Do I understand and what you're requesting from it. me? And ticks. All right. So if do this it, comes up it. later to bite me in the ass in court, I'm blaming you for this. That's fine with me. I'm going to tell him you got permission from me. I got, got a less pass from Hex. All right. 
do black people get oh it's like the second search so the Tell first me. thing is do black people get skin cancer they do i know that for a fact um yeah the second search was do black people get lice so this is like a question tell us okay so this this headline starts out that uh black people do get head lice however and let me click it because there's a however here okay prevalence in african-american people african-american people can still get head lice however the cdc center for disease control state that african-american people get head lice much less frequently than other people the reason for this may be that most uh head lice in the united states have claws that more easily grip onto uncoiled hair oh it's an evolution thing they've evolved to go to specifically go after a certain type of hair it's yeah that's that's, the, that's what i have heard and ah, my hair is okay. curling as i'll get out so evolutionary advantage and what? ticks are right or uh, lice are racist yeah because they're white um but google ticks too and i'm gonna ask another okay. question um oh colonel angus you know him you love him um listen to that that pun in that name uh, didn't Farrakhan push for gun purchases not long ago? I feel like I remember him saying that. I don't. I don't. But he know. probably could have. I'm not going to say he didn't because I don't know. Let's see. Um, Elephant Man. I think this is more of a general question, so not specifically for you, Hex. Why do humans have a need for religion? I think this is an interesting question, and an interesting I will. Question. I will answer it from the Christian perspective because that's what I am. Um, I do believe that when God created humans, he made us in his image. And in doing so, created us with the desire to be with him and to um, be in communion with him. And so one thing, that's a good thing about humanity, I think. The bad thing about humanity, and I think this is a good definition of what quote-unquote sin is, which the word itself means missing the mark, um, but what man is really good at is um, fulfilling, trying to fill legitimate needs in illegitimate ways. And so that's why when Paul wrote in the Bible about, uh, you know, true religion is taking care of the widow and the orphan, um, he was trying to recenter it around the actual meaning of religion which is to be that connection with god and so i do think human beings as a whole have a desire for connection with the eternal that they're unable to access temporally does that make sense yeah okay <laughs> i think that's a good explanation fascinating reversal on the tick issue okay um unlike the lice uh black people white people get bit about the same amount by ticks but uh, in 34% of black patients, uh, the neurological signs of Lyme disease were present, as opposed to 9% in white patients. Huh. So that's interesting. That's interesting, isn't it? And, you know, so most tick-borne infections occur during the summer, but black people were more likely to be diagnosed outside of the typical Lyme disease season. But this may suggest a delay in early diagnosis. So there are... Um, extraneous factors that could be okay, playing yes. a role in here right one part one part of the diagnosis that's very simple for doctors to see is when you get bitten by a tick it creates a, essentially a uh, circle rash. around it a target right. um and right. so if that is let's say not as clear due to complexion i can see why it would be caught later oh 
interesting interesting yeah. Yeah, my friend mary but uh oh my friend uh who was bit by a tick she can no longer eat red meat wild yeah uh, i have my heard friend, that that kind of makes you allergic to red meat which would suck mm -hmm. some people Josh, get over it but she hasn't yet my friend josh hires who i've spoken highly of in the past i found out just recently that he has lyme disease and over the last couple of the last year he's felt very close to death it's not something that kills most people but it can if it goes mm -hmm. long enough without being taken care of and so i do want to invite him on to talk about that situation and just to catch up if that's cool with you just throwing did that he out get there. did he get the meat allergy i don't know that would be mm. a good question i have learned so many things today <laughs> and i didn't know that i was going to learn about ticks and lice during this conversation hey. But happens, I have to man. say the information that I got was contrary to my assumption. And mm -hmm. I'm glad to be disabused of my uh my ignorance yeah. on this. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I have a lot of I have a lot of tick information in my head now. <laughs> All right. So the next thing I wanted to pull up, it's not a question, but MB said, I've never seen this podcast before, but I really like these two. Great pr what? presence and really insightful questions. What professional interviews? New sub. Oh. Welcome, oh. buddy. I'm so glad Ooh. you're here. Yeah, me too. I can't believe I just got called professional. <laughs> Unless he's referring uh, to you all, then yeah, I agree. But he cannot possibly be referring to us. I just, I just don't see it. Have you seen me and Forest Mommy show? I'm far. I'm as far from. Professional oh, as I love get. her. <laughs> no, I haven't, but I will check out that episode because yeah. uh, she's a doll. I love her to death. Um. So let's see, we'll move down a she's, little bit. She's a sparkle of light in our otherwise dark world. <laughs> you, you, she's also the current holder of my black card. Ooh. Oh, uh, wow. I don't know if I remember. If, Is there an if I remember in 2020, uh, there's that clip of Biden. He was on the Breakfast Club and he goes, If you're black and don't know whether you should vote for Trump or me, you ain't black. I didn't vote for Biden, so I had to give that up and I gave it to her. Okay. And you gave it to her. That's nice. That's sweet. Because if anybody yeah. could use the black card, it's it's Forest Mommy. So, all right. So, question for me: um, How is Mountain Dew this Mountain Dew experiment comparing to the super spicy Doritos? Also, why not just whiskey? Um, Thank you. The Mountain Dew experiment. I it's, it's, now you understand. He mentioned the Doritos. I do this. The super spicy Doritos. I do things that taste weird or are a challenge. I'm just that guy. Uh, you remember the episode that never made it to air. Yeah, I when you try ate things. too many edibles and <laughs> and never told me how to work the buttons. <laughs> that was fun. That's why I oh, never made it to air. Um, so the Mountain Dew experiment um, against spicy the spicy Doritos, which they're a different brand, but um, it's I would prefer the spiciness because honestly. Um, the only one that's drinkable is the watermelon. The the black nice. the black cherry's garbage. The Mountain Dew is garbage. The Baja Blast is garbage. So that is my takeaway. Watermelon's not bad. Just um, out of curiosity, since you got the can sitting right there, how many grams of sugar per serving in a can? Um, and something insane. It's going insane. Zero sugar. What? What's in it? Yeah. Aspartame? I'm sure. There's some other Ugh. cancer causing sweetener. Ooh. It's not monk right. fruit. I know that. <laughs> I see. Um, 
if for reasons of health you're required to eat a pork product, then it means that pork is neither dairy nor meat. Therefore, bacon is a vegetable. Question. What? <laughs> what health concern? No, no, I just liked what? <laughs> what health concern would require one to have pork product? That's a good I don't question. Know. How about you question. Google it? I have had pork bacon once before. Well, See, it's, bacon, it's, bacon's overrated. But it is. Like, like I'm not gonna lie. But it is. It, it's overrated. It really is. But, it's, but if you put it on a cheeseburger, that is fire. It's oh. yes. It is. I I like bacon. I would rather have sausage in the morning. One hundred percent. Yeah. Of the no, time. me too. Me too. If I'm getting a, a breakfast sandwich or a bagel breakfast sandwich, sausage is going on there. But if I'm having a burger and I have an extra forty five cents. Put bacon on that burger. Woo. Wow. All right. So, so whoever is Colonel Angus Hex went after his parents drug him there. What no, they, like he, he had to go as a child. Like he's required yeah. to go where his parents take him. Exactly. <laughs> like he didn't they didn't drug him. He might and be then drunk. Him. <laughs> Colonel <laughs> might be drunk, so yeah, it is. It is an mo for the uh, for Steve. So, <laughs> Maccabe Designs, which is I'm assuming that's how you pronounce that. Um, Egyptologists and Egyptophiles have issues with the Hoteps. Of course they do. They're making up history because they're um, inventing a story. Yeah. Uh, Elephant Man says that Malcolm X was killed because he was getting blacks and whites on the same page, and there's a lot of missing of Malcolm X, which I need to read his autobiography. I have a copy of it, but I haven't read it yet. I need to. I do too. I'm not to going. Be honest. <laughs> oh God, this is a funny story. It's just some random. Uh, this is four years ago now. I was uh, with my dad. We were had this market doing some grocery shopping, and we're getting meat from these vendors. And then these vendors, they're just like this older white couple. And the guy looks at me and goes, "Hey, you look like Malcolm X." I'm like, "Thanks." And then I told I some friends that, and he made a meme of me of a uh, it's the movie <laughs> from the movie poster. Right, uh, right. He just put my face over it. I'll send it to you when I remember. I, <laughs> Anarchy says, say, be, Hex sounds like a sexy young Morgan Freeman. Oh, God. I can Force actually do a pretty decent Morgan Freeman. Do it. Uh, impersonation. Do it. Okay. I'll, 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 do, I'll do an impersonation if you do. And I will determine All whether right. it's sexy or not. That moment when you realize that it is Morgan Freeman who was on the Mad Ones podcast. I got, <laughs> I got to give it to you. That's that is a dead on Morgan Freeman. I am really impressed. Dagummit. I said I would do one, but I can't remember who I do anymore. It's been so long since I've done impressions. I do recall an episode where you and the guest spent ten minutes doing Alex Jones impressions. Okay, no, that wasn't me. I didn't do oh, the impressions. Okay. That was um, two other dudes. But okay. I will. I I did do a version, a short saying as Alex Jones recently, uh, which was said to be good. But I used to do so many impressions too. Like, I, I, did you ever listen? Did you ever watch Homestar Runner? No. Hex, did you ever watch Homestar Runner at all? No. Man, so this is a an impression lost on you. I won't do it. I, I, let me th next episode. I will find a time to actually pull up an impression that people will know. But I can't. Is that I, an it's anime? Been so long. 
No, it's a it was an online series. I don't okay, do okay, anime. Okay, you know sorry, I don't sorry, like sorry, you sorry, know I'm not sorry. attracted to children. Oh um, my god. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Oh, Tet was that supposed to is... post something that I'm gonna retweet. All right. So uh Maccabay Designs also says, I think I meant rather than the generic Jews run the world, and maybe I could afford gas, I'd believe it. Is there a doctrinal writing that Jews are specifically evil, evil for some religious reason? Uh, to my knowledge, no. The anti-Semitism that I heard was basically the Jews won the world and are trying to destroy it. Shit. Cool. That's basically what I heard. Um, Randy Imagine asks, the- how do the- magnets work? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't know. They somehow lead to the creation of white people who want to enslave like people i haven't figured that part out yet all right so th- i want to thank um makabet for telling me the pronunciation because i like to know these things uh but it's hebrew for hammer which i dig that um i do have a hammer tattoo but it's a mjolnir um i want to get a- another hammer right here but a ball peen hammer someday um which is the origin of the french word macabre uh, because the second book of Maccabees is so awful and full of murder and torture. I've not read Maccabees. The the French are really good at that. Coming up, a, if there's a conceptual idea that needs a word to identify it, the French are so good. So when I'm trying to think of a word for something, I'm like, there's got to be a word. It's probably French for this exact situation. Like when you get a rock in your shoe. I am sure the French have a term for when you have a pebble in your shoe. I don't know what it is, but I know that they have one. <laughs> all right so friend. so now there's conversation about i need to read the book of maccabees i've read several um extra canonical texts but that's one i haven't read I, I do need to do that later but they're talking about impersonations in here um so uh, colonel angus would like to know if you can do an alex jones hex oh boy i found this on the web okay shut up siri <laughs> cam I, will- uh, I gotta be honest with you I'm a little retarded. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's really good. <clears throat> Let's think. Very What's a good fun. Alex Jones law uh, or line? Uh, I'm just going to gonna go with the globalists. Yes. I, I'm gonna do. Um, I, I will be back in two. Okay. So they've also asked for every uh, elephant man asked everyone do Clinton and a Trump. Um, I I really can't do a Clinton. I assume you mean Bill. Um, I did not have sexual really relations with that woman. I can't do. I can't do a yeah. Bill. Um, but Trump, I, I'll, I'll just give you China. China. <laughs> that was <laughs> China. That was actually really good because it's not China. It's it's like the second half of the word vagina. It's China. <laughs> um, Anarchy is asking for strong bad. Okay been a long time since i've done strong bad what would be let's see Somebody i guess asked I, could, me to do I a... could sing i could sing the trogdor song um <sighs> embarrassing trogdor was a man i mean he was a dragon man i mean he was just a dragon the... i can't i can't i can't do anymore but all the crap for hogogots it's it's a terrible terrible impression and i'm so sorry um someone I used asked to do all me to, of them. Uh, 
Someone asked me to do one of them, Morgan Freeman's lines from Shawshank Redemption. Do it. I got one. Okay. <clears throat> I like to think that the first thing that went through his head, other than that bullet, was how in the hell Andy Dufresne ever got the best of him. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other ones. Because um, I, I, oh, here, here. Um, tell me how this is. Um, I don't want to whistle too hard in the mic. Um, hey there, paper boy. You like raisins, paper boy? I got some raisins in my pocket. Grasp them real tight. Do you recognize Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy? <laughs> God, I fucking knew I knew that. That was really good. Holy shit. Before it surrounds us, it penetrates us. Mm. But I, uh, I, we, we must move on. Um, so let's get to the fun question and i'll ask okay. you some actually let's let, we'll wait for the fun question but since we've had some interaction on twitter i'll ask you the put you on the spot question oh boy which is what is your favorite thing about me uh shit. Mm -hmm. this really is a put you on the spot question ain't it god damn it, it. absolutely it is. very much is yeah You can say the beard. It's okay. The beard okay. is pretty fucking base. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll let you go on that one. No, <laughs> you, you but I don't know. The fair, I guess, especially recently, after you got your ability to get journalists fired is <laughs> impeccable. Thank you. <laughs> um. So let's see. What there was another question that I had. What was the big it? One? No, not the big one. I wanted to wait okay. for the big one. Okay. Um, there was a there was a question that mm -hmm. I heard today that I thought was just so dumb that it should be asked, but I can't remember what it was. So, in lieu of that, um, what was the, your favorite part of this conversation? Hmm. Oh, it just probably is going over the ridiculousness of the Yakub story. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah. I'm glad to have read that. It's hilarious and I love it. Um uh Colonel Angus says just say the tattoos. You can yeah, you can also compliment my tattoos. I accept the tattoos that. are pretty dope. Um it's it's a it's a point of pride. I also find it hilarious regularly i will retweet people who say that tattoos are disgusting or bad or no one should get them agreeing with them just to watch them retweet it you know knowing what i am because that that brings me humor and i love that um the main reason says, i don't have tattoos i don't have anything against tattoos but i have a fear of needles it might be a oh. phobia so yeah yeah, right yeah. it's it's sort of needles, but it's not exactly the same thing. Like I've I've had both. I prefer tattoo needles over, um, what's it called? Like medical needles. Yeah. Inter in what's what's the word? Epi Injection. Epi yeah, but there's a word that I'm missing. Um, but it's fine. Uh, Elephant Man says, uh, "My favorite thing about you is you don't care that you look like Walter White's gay biker brother." That's true. <laughs> I don't care. Um, the only difference is. Um, if I were truly gay, I would have a goatee instead of a beard. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I would yeah. put any thought or 
action into my actual beard. But big, big question time. Um, when we rebranded this show, before it was kind of not as good as I think it is now. But when we rebranded, when we really hyperder, hypodermic needles. Thank you, Essie. Good job. <laughs> thank you. That is the word I was looking for. Um, but when we when we rebranded and we moved in this different direction, um, it was in the midst of a pandem pandemic. It was in the midst of the government's response to COVID. And there were a lot of people. I knew people, really good people, who lost brothers and sisters, um, mothers and fathers to suicide throughout this thing where they lost their jobs. And when they lost their jobs, they went back into drugs. And when they went into drugs, it ended up killing them. And so it's been a very dour, awful two years. And during that time, I wanted to kind of, me and Jessica wanted to bring light into the darkness. And so one of the things we wanted to do is to center the show around the concept of hope, which the cool thing about hope is it means all sorts of different things to all sorts of different people. And so I get to, when I answer this question, I answer it in one way and I'll answer it in two different ways, usually kind of the overall and the smaller answer. Um, but if, is there something in your life that is in your house, in your city, in your state, in your country, globally, doesn't matter what level, doesn't matter how big anyone else thinks it is. Is there anything that gives you hope and the motivation to carry on right now in your life that we could share with the audience? You can say my beard for this one too, if you want. <laughs> um, I would say probably just my desire to try and bring people together. So we can all get through because there are some tough times ahead. And I think people need to put up side a lot of these petty squabbles. And I, I think I'm pretty decent at that. So, yeah, you know, like th this whole conversation was me about me growing up in a cult that's pretty racist against white people and opening or waking up to how fucked up it is and moving away from it. Yeah. Right. You know, and if, if I can do it, I think anyone can yeah well that's a good that's answer awesome. because yeah it is something that neat that bears repeating because i think so often um the world we live in and the news cycles we live in and the the government we live under um will make you think that there's no hope and that you cannot escape that you need them that you need these things you need this consumerism you need an indeterminable amount of things to survive and being able to break the narrative that you've broken that we me and jessica have broken in different ways we, we both of us have broken different narratives throughout our lives um and knowing that someone can break down the narrative is a story worth telling and this is something that i've i've talked about a lot recently because i keep having I keep being asked on to different shows and different things. And I'm not a political guy. I left that in my past. I, I'm not interested in it for the most part. Um, but I keep being asked the questions of how do we win? How do we do these things? How do we make this happen? Mm. And the, the same thing I tell them every time is you need to make people laugh and you need to tell them a story. 
it's narrative and it's story that changes the world. Mm. Because if it weren't for narrative, you wouldn't know Moses' name. You wouldn't know Jesus' name. Mm. You oh, wouldn't Muhammad's. know any of these people's names. Right. Right. You wouldn't know these things if it weren't for the story. And so if we are centered in story and telling our stories, making compelling cases using story, which connects every human being, that's why Hollywood makes more money than any other industry, any other art, is because they're telling stories. And if we can wrap our heads around the importance of story and be able to tell our own in ways that are that are needed, we can change the world. But we have to start by writing our own story. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. And that's what people miss, is they start trying to change the world before they've written their own story. Not to wax too philosophical on you, but that's what you made me think of. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hex, uh, we're going to wrap it up now. Um, we really appreciate you coming on. You have a very interesting history. You have a it very interesting fun. point of view. You you look you look as good in a cowboy hat as I do, and <laughs> I, I appreciate you coming on and spending some time drawing with us because uh, this is one of the highlights of my week to be able to talk to people that I like that have good stories and that are interesting. So I appreciate you coming on very deeply. Um, I appreciate the invite. You're welcome. Um, but before we go, I do want to let people know where to find you and i'm uh dumb so i didn't actually put it into the ticker and i'm going to do that right this second so that it goes across the screen and people don't have to guess how to spell things um but if you would like to follow hex on twitter you can follow him at hexcelerate that's h-e-x-c-e-l-l-e-r-a-t-e um he is also he sells his music or at least releases his music over on bandcamp uh, same yep. spelling, hexcelerate.bandcamp.com. Um, is there anything else you would like people to uh, sh- go to? Because that's what's on your Twitter. That's what I grabbed. Is there All anything right. else? Uh, <clears throat> SoundCloud is also Hexcelerate. Instagram, YouTube, all the same, Hexcelerate. Awesome. Uh, Bandcamp is the best place to get the music. It's free, but if you want to throw me a few bucks, the option is there. Hey, throw throw a coin to your to your Witcher, man. Yeah, toss a coin. Um, wisher. But uh, yeah, so other than that, um, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on and we will pull you off the screen for us to talk through the other crap. If you want to hang out and talk afterwards, just stay there. If not, okay. I'm fine with that too. I appreciate you deeply. Uh, you're muted, Jessica. I, I feel like you're saying nice things. I was. I was saying I thank you for coming. I really enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> All right, we will we'll see you on Twitter. Make sure to retweet this once I do the the big monster tweet, okay? <laughs> I will. See ya. All right, for the rest of you beautiful people who decided to stick around and listen to us for a full hour and 39 minutes, um, we have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Next week, we're talking to a girl named Kayla Cox. She was in the uh, what is called the Hebrew Roots or the Torah Observant Sect of Christianity, um, which I have my thoughts and issues on. Uh, but she she left that sect in order to 
go back to a more orthodox version of Christianity. So we're going to talk to her about that next week. We're going to talk about what where she was, what she did, etc. Um, after that, our good friend Kim Shang's coming on. It's the last episode of July. It's our venting episode. Um, if there's uh, Kim is a great person. She's really into stoicism and philosophy and all sorts of things. If there's anything, if you've listened to her episodes before, you know how cool she is. Uh, she's also in a band. She's a bassist. If you have any questions that you want to add to that conversation, please let us know. Um, beyond that, our good friend Monica Perez is back for the first episode of August. And you, you know how much we love her. So we're going to be talking to her soon. And then after that, surprise, Jessica, I have a contentious episode for us to, to go into. Um, after that, a guy named Nick Quint will be joining us. Uh, he has been studying for the last several years about the concept of ordination of women in the church, and he is for Ooh. it. So we will be talking to him about that, about his case, about his arguments, and we're going to be there to ask questions and learn. Um, after that, I there are some people I also know who are kind of against the concept, and I uh, I want to hear their case as well. So we'll we'll schedule that for a later date to get the antithesis of that. Also, I have asked um, our friend Glenn Peoples and Chris Date, former guests of the show, to list out any questions that they have for it because they are working through this concept as well. Right. So any any questions anyone has about this, let us know. Um, it won't be a contentious conversation, but it is a contentious topic. No, we're nice people. We'll right. Talk and I want to hear what he thinks. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to hear what he has to say. Um, right. I'm, I'm sympathetic to the idea up to a certain point, and I have questions beyond that. But okay. I'm extremely interested in this conversation. So beyond that, the only things I have to tell you is... Again, repeating what we said at the at the beginning, if you'd like to support us, the best way to support us is patreon.com slash the mad ones. Mm -hmm. The second best way, and really if you buy multiple, could be better, um, is if you get a t-shirt, a mug, or a tank top over at wearethemadones.com slash store. I apologize. I have acid reflux right now. If I pause weird, it just happens. Um, I'm on Twitter at Ham Carlos. Jessica's on Twitter at Soup Canarchist. If you're listening and would rather watch every Wednesday, we are on YouTube. We are on um, Rockfin. We are on Odyssey Live. YouTube happens to be the best place still simply because we can pull your comments up on screen. So if you're listening, you can join us live every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. until August when we will shift that to Thursdays. We are making a little change there in the future. Um, but Subscribe to YouTube, like it, share it with your friends. We need your help to continue growing. Um, beyond that, if you want to listen, we're on all podcatchers. Um, if you want to listen directly and download the episode yourself, you can go to our website, wearethemadones.com. Is there anything else that I neglected to mention? No, I think you got all the housekeeping stuff. Just if you are watching on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button and the like button. That really helps yes. us. Um, and uh, get up there in the algorithm, and one day they might pay us to be stupid on the internet. So that'll be yeah. Fun. And if you liked any specific portion of this episode that you think would be good to share with the world and share in a clip, let me know. Or go on YouTube and clip it yourself and share that. 
But if you let me know, I'll make a professional clip that I can put on TikTok, on Twitter, on Facebook, everywhere. Tell us what you liked so that we can share that and go on. That's all I've got for you. Thank you for sticking around for housekeeping. Thank you for listening to the show. We love you. We appreciate you. We're learning and growing. And I hope you are too. So with that, dear, dear listeners, dear watchers, dear viewers, whichever one you prefer, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go light it up.